Hi, welcome to Real You Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm going to continue this subject of the humanity of God. And um, where we left off last time was uh, was sort of a revela- revelation moment for me, an insight, if you want to call it, or a unveiling to where the disciples, we were talking about the mountain of transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, and that's where we're going to go again today. Um, but in Luke chapter 9, it says they went up, fell asleep, woke up, saw the glory. And we kind of related that last time uh, with the idea and the concepts of following the humanity of God, Jesus, the Son of Man, up up a hill, up a transition, up a realm, even into a realm of, of a, there's less sustainable resources for your flesh, the higher you go. And so <clears throat> many of us have followed like David, I followed hard after you, like the brook at the that desires the water. I'm thirsting after you, and it seems like the um, the hunger and thirst goes greater the farther you go and the higher up you go. And so we were talking about this issue of the whole the whole concept that's in my spirit is the the idea of coming to the realization of the humanity of God. In other words, you have to come through the portal of. Jesus, of course, he's always going to be the way, the truth, and the life. But it's it's in understanding that that you realize the 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 reality of coming to know him as Son of God. As um, so, in other words, the humanity of humanity of God, which is what God put on flesh and became man, became all that we are, without losing anything of who he is. And we've covered that whole concept uh, in detail. But I I got a I got a great insight when when I was talking about and, and and while I was talking I was getting the idea that they followed the the humanity of God up the mountain and into and 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 the higher up you go in the mountains the less human uh, sustainable resources there are and um, but when they got up there it led them to a place of um, you know of falling asleep. And we talked about this whole idea of waking up and the the language and the thirtyfold of being saved, sixtyfold of being born again, the hundredfold being awakened. And that's really where we're at as as church, kingdom people. Um, people are waking up and they're awakening. They're seeing they're seeing the glory of God. And and I remember um, uh, was uh, eating out with my wife the other day, and we were talking about uh, this issue and I'm I'm even even as much as the world is in chaos and there are just so many problems it seems it's um there's a lot of uh it just seems like there's there's earthquakes floods tsunamis volcanoes wars fighting um religious war they're just and then in our own country we have divisions and separatisms and and economy problems and it just goes on and on but i was eating uh supper with her uh one night we were out and um i said you know i'm i'm really i'm really encouraged and she said why and i said because i i'm really feel like the knowledge of the glory of god is covering the earth like never before, um, it's almost like every uh, spiritual group uh, is seeing the reality of the glory of God coming 
and this awareness of kingdom life and God within us and manifesting. So that's that's where we're at. I, I believe uh, we're in this phase of we're right in this phase of waking up and seeing Him for who He is. And another thought is, uh, you know, in First uh, John three two says, "When He will appear, we shall see Him as He is, for we shall be like Him." So there is a concept to be said here that seeing Him as He really is, not through our filters and what we've been taught, but seeing Him as He really is really can only be truly accomplished and re- and realized when we are becoming like him so the more you're like him the more you see him as he is and it's a process so today i want to talk about we we've we've covered all that and uh, it was amazing they saw his glory and the men and in luke chapter 9:33 and it says as it came to pass they departed from him and Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud, and it overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud that said, this is my beloved son hear him and when the voices passed jesus was found alone and they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen today we're going to um talk about this issue of being awakened being able to uh, see the reality of the next level, the next, the glory of God, seeing the glory of God, experiencing it firsthand in its fullness. But then Peter had a, like, a, I don't want to say a knee jerk reaction, but he, he, he was so overwhelmed by it that he said, let's build a tap tabernacle for you and Moses and Elijah and a tabernacle is a a place of worship it's a uh it has an altar and an altar is a place of remembrance and so what he was really trying to say is i want to build a memorialize this experience or this revelation i i don't want to lose i don't want to forget i want to build a tabernacle to this experience or i want to build a a tabernacle to this revelation I have I have encountered both. I have encountered the supernatural experiences of God and I have come to what I th- I believe is uh profound revelations of God and how he works in our midst and brings us to these places. And it is a very uh huge temptation to tr- try to build a memorial or a permanent structure edifice not not in physically in ours but a place to worship around that experience i don't know if that makes sense it's it's man's natural inclination to worship around an experience and to build a whole memorialize our revelation i have seen both and these are um 
you know, these are the dilemmas, I think, uh, with the whole, um, the glory of God's going to cover the earth. And it's going to happen in a time of great darkness. I believe it's going to happen in the realm of Galilee, which is the ring of heathen. I believe it'll come around groups, um, people, groups of people who maybe possibly are not churched or in church now, and they don't have all the unlearning to do, and God's going to pour it out. The problem is with us who've labored, like some of us 30, 40 years in labor and have, have had glimpses and experiences. Um, we know what the power of God can do. We know what the energy and the life of when a manifestation comes. We know the reality of it. Um, I, My personal belief is um, the revival movement was for to be born again again it was to experience God in a new realm in a new way in a new dimension it is the most realist most beautiful uh, most profound um, realignment thing that anyone could ever experience yet being through that and being on the other side now realizing that it's it's very hard to sustain because people their natural re, their natural knee-jerk reaction is to build a memorial or a temple or a place of remembrance to try to hang on to what just happened. I mean, the, the disciples came in Acts chapter 2, and they had received a new realm of the Holy Spirit, and like it had never happened before. It was fire. It was lightning strike. People were drunk in the Spirit. And yet we don't see them going back to that same place to memorialize that experience. They moved on. They went on. And that's, God wants to revive his people, but he doesn't want us to necessarily build a memorial and, and crystallize the experience. There's, though, there's, two, there's two realms of experiencing. There's the manifest presence. There's the experience and the reality of his healing in our midst and our and these profound words and directions, but then there's also the revelatory experience that is just as real, if if not more. I've seen both groups. Uh, both I've seen groups of people that experience revival type situations, movements, and create a monument to the movement, and they get locked in to a certain form of worship, certain expressions, certain realm, and they, they it has to be led. It has to. If you're going to go that route, you have to be led to keep moving. You got to keep staying fluid because as soon as you define God, you're going to lose it. And that's my concern. And if you take credit for it, and if you're insecure and, you, and, and this revival movement gives you identity and purpose, makes you a somebody, then, and you start feeling that, God will take it away because he loves you too much. And on the other end, there's groups of, uh, I've learned, kingdom groups and revelatory groups that are so far out there. They come around and just basically worship their the mystery as far as being just as far out as you possibly can. And that's not good either. And so... Uh, that's what we're going to... That's what I'm, I'm trying to share with you today. I don't know how it's translating... But we, we can't um, see, come to this awakened state and then try to define what we thought we just saw or experienced. You can't define it. 
my prayer today is that I tell I tell leaders all over I I hope and my prayers that you come into movements of the spirit in realms of revival but my desire is that you never define it and never say we're in revival because as soon as you do that the clock starts ticking down the sands in the hourglass and it's going to move on because people will start taking def, def, they will start defining the experience and defining and confining people who are in revival and those who are not it becomes a separatist movement instead of it, the innocence of just enjoying his presence and uh, same way with revelation we get these great revelatory groups and um, I'm thankful for all of them I've learned so much from them but I don't want to worship my experience and I definitely don't want to worship what I think I know in God I just want to stay fresh and open and let it flow however he wants to let it flow I I have an expectation of him not how and so I was reading um, some early father stuff and I, I want to read it to you one of them is from St. Gregory of Nyssa on the life of Moses he says God is not an object of knowledge now think about that and when we have an experience or we have a revelation we immediately try to conceptualize it into some kind of some kind of form of knowledge that we can express it because we express to others by our understanding and knowledge that way they'll grasp it and that's that's how we teach and train but in the spirit my good friend Chad always used to tell me all the time you know the things of the spirit are not taught they are caught and he could not be more true right now in my mind there are just some things in spirit that has to be transferred through the spirit from one spirit to another and you don't you can't define it you can't understand it and you don't want to create a knowledge base and get three scriptures to prove what just happened you just got to go with it so god is not an object of knowledge concepts which never come without a secret wish to clarify and to possess are powerless to grasp the one by whom we ought to let ourselves be grasped by that's pretty heavy it says concepts see concepts are when we break down the revelation in a realm that we can understand it and we try to perceive it and we have to do that but concepts will never they never come without a secret wish to classify and define or possess for our own it says these concepts are powerless to grasp the one by whom we ought to let ourselves be grasped grasped in two senses he says I want to be of being open to receive him as freely as he reveals himself and being seized with wonder and that's 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 what I'm trying to get to today I think that taking the disciples up on the mountaintop his key core leaders and them being turned inside out and seeing the glory of God and seeing something beyond of full of wonder and revealing himself as he wanted but they weren't ready yet because they immediately wanted to define it and conceptualize it and break it down into teaching and training step one of the glory of God that kind of thing and a cloud came St. Gregory also says every concept formed by the intellect in an attempt to comprehend and circumscribe the divine nature can only succeed in fashioning an idol and not making God known. <laughs> this is written 
centuries ago and it's still true it says every concept formed by our mind or intellect in an attempt to comprehend and circumscribe the divine nature can only succeed in fashioning an idol and not making God known and then people begin to worship the revelation it's just that simple when you try to define it Maximus the confessor says this only by wonder can we comprehend his incomprehensible power only by wonder St. Simeon says these words it's It is impossible to know God without experiencing his essence and energy in a spiritual dimension. You can't truly, fully know God. He was an amazing uh, early father. He, He wrote mostly about the life of the Spirit and flowed in the gifts of the Spirit and flowed in the life of the Spirit and, and experiences. And he balanced everybody out and tried to... God used him to balance people from our own revelatory... Uh, people that that just they get lost in the revelation, or you get the people that are getting lost in trying to seek and find and reveal the experiences. But he said it's by his energies that we know God. Saint Simeon says. But just imagine if Peter would have built a tabernacle to the revelation or to the experience. And when you do that. What you're doing is you're almost saying you're afraid you're never going to see it again. <laughs> you know? Um, we we have many people that I know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, who experience a, a genuine divine move of God. I know thousands probably. And it was genuine. It was real. It was right for the moment. It if for whatever reason it moved on and we it took us years to figure out that got first of all that it moved on and now I'm learning is because we're finding identity in it in some some realms but one thing's for sure we all miss it we all but for us to want to go back to that is to say that what what God has for us in the future is not better than what we had in the past so we can't build an experience to it um, Second Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 12, verse 1, I will come to more visions and revelations of the Lord. I will. And then he said in verse 7, For the abundance of revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, you remember that, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. The abundance of revelation means exceedingly, beyond measure, more excellent. So Paul had these um, he had an encounter look he had an encounter with the incredible light of god that it blinded him for three days but he didn't stop there he didn't go preach that experience only he shared his testimony um i mean just think of all the stuff that he had experienced yet at the end of the day in all his writings he's teaching us to be great people be spiritual keep seeking God and keep looking for that next level I I think Peter didn't know what else to do he wanted to build a tabernacle to the encounter or the experience or the revelation I want everyone to have an encounter and I want everybody to experience the reality of the essence of the manifest presence of God and I want everyone and it's imperative that you come into visions and revelations but we can't camp out there and we can't say that this is it. There could never be no more. Because I remember 
at the height of the revival movement in 1998, coming into 1999, we were traveling all over the U.S. In my mind, I thought there was nobody as sharp. I've, I have reached the pinnacle. I'm in the middle of the wheel of the wheel, and this is it. I couldn't imagine any realm beyond where I was. And God put me to sleep, so to speak, and showed me another dimension when he woke me up. And that's what I'm sharing with you. While Peter yet said these words, there came a cloud and it overshadowed them. And I'm concerned that if this happens, when this happens and you want to build it, camp out on the experience. There'll be a cloud of confusion that will overshadow you. And God will repoint you back to the original call. And the original call, he said, this is my son, beloved son, hear him. So in other words, he says, I've let you in open. If, if you experience um, measures of where you go to the groups and the meetings and God's essence is there, I've seen, the, I've seen the gold dust come. I've seen the cloud. I've seen the mist. I've, I've felt the fire. I've experienced the lightning. I've, I've actually had the earth shake while we were praying. I've had all those encounters. But God's given us a glimpse of living in that realm instead of experiencing that realm. But the only way is to not take credit for it, not build a monument to it, not try to camp out and keep moving. And so I believe that God told him in the confusion, hear him. And then they came back down from the mountain and had to learn how to get back to where what they had just experienced on their own. All right, God bless you guys. Uh, I thank God for all the testimonies people are writing. And uh, like always, I just say eat the meat, spit out the bones. Um, The humanity of God is very vital to the reality of us being like him. I want to leave you with that thought and uh, have a great week. And uh, pass pass these on to people who you think uh, are ready for them. Pastors, leaders, whoever. God bless.